0: This is Dale Jr., and you're listening to Dirty Mo' Radio.
1: I'm taking a look at that left rear again. The tire marks almost all the way in front of the tire. It might have barely got to it, just a little bit. But I think you're good, man. Oh, well, if we were running modified, that'd be good. You're now listening to the Dale Jr. Download presented by Spy. Check out Dale Jr.'s signature Dirty Mo' sunglasses from Spy at spyoptic.com. Hey,
0: everybody. It's Dale Jr. Monday after Sonoma. Awesome weekend. Had a lot of fun. It was a great trip. Sonoma uh, Race Weekend is becoming uh, one of my, uh, one of the more enjoyable trips that we take. Um, I used to hate it, used to dread it. Over the last couple of years, we've actually turned it in a pretty good time. We have been going in early and checking out San Francisco or some of the towns close by, Petaluma. There's a lot of beautiful places out there, a lot of great places to eat and hang out, a lot of nice people. And uh, so it's really become more enjoyable, I think, since I branched out a little bit and realized there's more there than just the racetrack itself. We've actually run pretty good the last couple of trips, which makes it all, all that much better. Um, last year, the car was extremely competitive, um, and I was real thrilled with uh, Steve Lethart and everybody's effort last year to give it their best. You know, I talk about how that I don't really enjoy the road courses and that I don't have high expectations when we go there. And I guess I'm just trying to temper not only my own expectations but everyone else's as well. Uh, at the same time, you want to work your hardest. You don't want the you know you don't want the team to go in there thinking that this is an impossible expedition. So I was real uh, you know happy with the effort that the guys put in last year, and they put in the same amount of effort this year. We got there unloaded the car wasn't very competitive we had some balance issues the car wasn't handling well doing a lot of things we didn't like and uh we worked uh changing on changed some things in the first practice and right at the end of practice we made a change that i really made the car come around we picked up almost an entire second uh with this change and it really got the car on track so from there on i was uh much more positive about our outlook and our ability to at least compete then uh we went through qualifying and ran a real good lap the first run, but everybody picks up the second lap. You know, We haven't been on the track all day long on Saturday, so a lot of these guys, myself included, are going to go out there that first lap and make some mistakes or not drive the car hard enough in a particular corner or maybe overdrive it in a particular corner, and you're going to go out there the second time and put together a better lap, and it's going to improve the time. The tires are still good enough to run that kind of speed, so you're going to see everybody pick up that second lap, which uh, you know majority of the guys did last year too. So we were gearing up and cooling off to go out and run our second attempt, and uh, went around the racetrack coming out of turn 11 on this front straightaway, going from first gear to second gear, then from second to third. And when I went to third, the transmission locked in second gear and wouldn't come out of second gear. So the shifter handle is just solid and uh, won't move any in any direction and I can't do anything but kind of motor around the track and second gear back to the garage and figure out how to get it out of gear. They have to jack it up and kind of bust the transmission apart to, to unjam it. We actually changed the transmission before the race, changed some of the parts and components in the transmission that would cause that kind of issue so that we didn't have that happen in the race. So, I mean, you know, it sucked that we didn't get to qualify as well as we thought we could because we felt like the last two years, we were we were poised to make it the top 12 last year and. Felt like we were again this year and had some issues in that in that second run both times. Uh, last year we got blocked by a lap car or a slower car on the racetrack. Coming down through turn nine, we were about a half a second ahead of 12th place at that particular time, coming into the last two corners. And so it was frustrating for two years in a row not to really put up with time we think was comparable to how good the car was. But it was good to find out the issue with the transmission because that could have cropped up in the race, and that would have been a huge issue. We had definitely lost some laps there. When the race started, it uh, looked like... For the first several laps, with everybody on equal tires, I didn't see us with a huge, you know, I didn't see us with any really advantage. So uh, we were kind of running around there trying to maintain with the people around us. We passed a car too, but looked like, for the most part, everyone was very competitive. And then as the run went on, a lot of guys fell off. I didn't know at that time, in the first run of the race, where the guys were saving. Uh, Cause that first run, you can really beat the tires up. and. As the race goes on, the tire life gets a little better. So I was wondering if some of these guys were trying to play smart and actually uh, save their tires or try to p- protect themselves on this on this first run, should it go quite a ways without a yellow. So I was a little nervous about how hard I should run, but anyways, I was, I was gonna, gonna take advantage of these guys and try to pass them if I could. So we started moving forward a little bit. I think we drove up into the top 10 uh, from 20th. So, you know, felt good about that. And as the race went on, especially, particularly in, uh, we, in one run, we moved up to second. The car was very competitive. We passed a lot of guys. I know we were kind of off cycle with a lot of people, but we were running down the leader. I saw him getting closer to us, uh, the 41 car, who I thought was one of the best cars all weekend. So that felt really good. I, I didn't understand how good our speed was, but uh, once I started seeing us catch the 41, I, I, I realized that we might have been one of the better cars on the racetrack at the time. Uh, we were still dealing with some balance issues. I was uh, real tight in all the slow corners in the center of the corner, turn seven, turn 11. Uh, coming out of all the right-handers, I was a little loose, the left rear needed a little more grip coming out to turn 10, uh, the last S, turn three A. All those corners uh, going to the right, we need a little more left rear grip. Uh, we had some hiking, meaning that as I would go down through turn nine, the left front would want to come off the ground like you know, six inches to a foot off the ground. Uh that makes it very uncomfortable and, and difficult to get into turn ten. But overall I could be pretty aggressive with a car and uh I didn't have to, I w you know I wasn't really nervous about uh making a mistake with the car, or the car getting out from under me. So I could be real aggressive with it and really throw it into these corners which helped me put together a lot of good laps, I thought. So I was able to really use up that race car pretty good. Uh, Toward the end of the race, everybody got back on the same cycle pretty much as far as tires go. We lost a little bit of our advantage because I think that we had played it well to be able to be on newer tires when other guys weren't throughout most of the race. And once everybody got on the same cycle, you know, we sort of lost that advantage and that ability to move forward. Uh, I had a great race with Stewart. A lot of fans reading their comments on Twitter thought I should have moved him out of the way. He was actually giving me, there's two options in, as far as moving a guy in, uh, at this racetrack, and it's turn seven and turn 11. And he was not blocking me going into those corners. He, he would give me the inside braking zone, and I would get down in there on, the, on his inside, and he, he was smart enough to take a line that would give him good drive-off and be able to beat me out of that corner and into the S's and take the position back. Uh, you can't run over a guy that's giving you the option to pass, and I just didn't have enough race car. At the time we had a real bad tire rub because we got into the forty three and the ten at the same time in turn seven. We had a bit of bad tire rub on the left rear that was kicking a lot of heat into that tire and I was losing a lot of grip and drive off. And uh so coming out of turn four, I needed to be right on the back of the fourteen and I didn't have a grip in the left rear exiting that corner that he did. So when we come out of that corner he would kind of squirt away a little bit and get two or three car lengths on me. So when I would get into the braking zone of turn seven, I would use up everything I could just to get even with him. And that wouldn't put me in position for a very good exit. So it was real difficult. Uh, I I really used up that set of tires there. And uh, that tire rub was bothering us a little bit. And Tony was driving, awesome line. You know, he was running great laps. He would would put together great corners everywhere and wouldn't give me a lot of opportunity. Getting into turn 11, I never had enough, uh, you know, position on him. I wasn't, you know, coming out of 10, he had three or four car links on me every time, so it wasn't like I could just drive down in there and boot him out of the way. It was all I could do in the braking zone just to get back to him. So I think it was a fun race. Uh, I ran hard with the five there. At the end of the race, he bonsaied into turn 11 on the last lap and tore the whole right side off the car, but we survived. Both of us got got back out of the corner and down the straightaway and finished, so that was good. Um, Ran, uh, I wrecked the hell out of Matt Kenseth last year at this race, and me and him had some pretty good side-by-side action, so that was fun uh, to to race with Matt clean without putting him in a tire barrier like I did last year, so. uh, It was fun, I had a good time. I knew it would be fun. If we can run every lap there, you're gonna have a good time. And again, the car was very competitive. I realized early on in the race that the Hendrick cars were uh, some of the cars to beat. We all were kind of moving forward pretty well. That's about it, we, you know, we, We look forward to hopefully going to Watkins Glen and and enjoying some good speed and competitiveness there. We qualified actually pretty well at Watkins Glen last year, surprising to us even. And uh, we made some mistakes during our qualifying uh, sessions as far as cooling off the brakes and stuff like that to give us the ability to do better each round. So we ran really good and made it into the Top 12, but then we didn't have any brakes for the for the last run. So hopefully uh, we have that kind of competitive speed again this trip, and we can make the right adjustments under the you know in between the brakes to get the car competitive for that last round. Looking forward to going there because uh, we, we had a good time in uh, Sonoma. So off to Daytona, halfway through the year. It's a good it's a good time to get with the team talk about what you've uh, accomplished so far how you feel about how things are going let everybody have some communication and input on that get everybody's mind geared up for the rest of the year it's a long long hard run to the homestead and uh, we don't need to get complacent uh, we need to keep charging we definitely need to get another win or two uh, before this chase and uh continue to work on finding speed to separate ourselves from the competition so that's something that you think about when you get to the halfway point of the year it's a bit of a it's definitely a time to to sit down and communicate and reflect and you know make sure everybody's on the same page you can't just motor through this whole season without taking a moment and get everybody together and uh greg's doing a great job uh all the guys are you know we got a great team, we got a bunch of bunch of good, good, hard working guys that all get along. And uh, we'll probably look back on where we are today years from now and and it'll it'll really sink in at how good we have it at this particular time when it comes to the guys we got and how how easy it is to work with each other. Uh, we have we're in a good we're in a good place. We got we're real fortunate. So looking forward to Daytona, looking forward to the rest of the year. Enjoy the download. Y'all have a good week. Dale Jr. starting things off
2: here on the uh, Dale Jr. download, presented by Spy with uh, Mike and Amanda. I'm Taylor. I, guys, I, I feel like he forgot to talk about something that was pretty major moment in the history of his life.
3: Well, he talked about I it. Feel like there's <laughs> he talked about it enough. Just didn't have him to talk about it there. <laughs>
2: no, no, yeah, right. Now he talked. He he tweeted. He sent pictures. Um, you did uh, a podcast. With his mother, who of course uh, works there, and uh, and, and Amy and and Kelly and you and everybody else has sent pictures. I just meant in his comments there, the last time, since the last time we have heard from Dale Jr. on the Dale Jr. download, um, a pretty
3: significant moment in his life happened. And I'm glad you brought that up because the fact that Dale Jr. is now engaged. Don't even yes. think that some people out there were looking at this race this past Sunday saying, I wonder if we can tell a difference. I wonder if, you know, cause we, <laughs> yeah. I, I'm telling you, they yeah. did. And you know what? Engaged Dale was wheeling that thing, yeah. was he not?
2: He was. He was. And it's, it's really cool to see how much fun he has there because, and I think a lot of us that have followed him for years, especially people like you, Mike, that have been, uh, involved, associated with him for a long time, almost sort of laugh or or shake your head watching what he's doing at Sonoma with these top tens that he's had and almost won there last year because there was a time where it was like oh Sonoma it was the the word UGH <laughs> when yeah. you thought of Sonoma and you thought of Dale Earnhardt Jr. Now it's like all right we're going to Sonoma and and you can hear all the confidence in his voice. I mean. That was a car that was on the move on Sunday.
3: Now, now, it seems like I remember one of us feeling pretty confident in his road course mm. racing abilities yeah. and even making Again, a prediction. Again, I'm, I'm getting tweets. <laughs> yeah, I'm getting
2: tweets about all this. Hold on. Let me just, for the record, clarify something, Amanda. Now, you weren't with us in, in year number one. In year number one, we made some guarantees going into the season, how many wins Junior was going to have, where he would finish in the points, et cetera. We made all kinds of predictions in year one. and. Thankfully, we've gone, we've gotten away from that in year two and year three. Um, Mike Davis predicted in 2013 that Dale Jr. was going to win Watkins Glen. No, no, no. Okay? That's, not, that's not what so, I, said. I said. Yes, he, it is.
3: No, I said before his career is over, I just feel like he will have a road course victory. That's that was
2: the second thing you said. The first thing you said, and if you go – the great thing about – dalejr.com is is if you go back and listen to that <laughs> podcast, <laughs> I you think will hear what... yourself say You're, he will it. win Watkins Glen in 2013, and then you and I said I'm sorry. What? That's true. And actually, you said, yeah, yeah. Th- then you said I feel like he's going to win on a road course, and I said, okay, well he's making that's he's true. gaining on it at Sonoma, but Watkins Glen, and ever since then, mm-hmm. Amanda, any time Junior does well at Sonoma, my man Mike says, hey Taylor, remember what I said about road courses? I said, no, <laughs> no, no. I remember what you said about Watkins Glen. No, wait a second. Is what I remember.
3: But but you got to say I did I did say and I stand by this. I still think the guy is going to get a road course victory before his career is over. And I'm listen. I'm listening to Dale Junior on this audio. I'm, yeah. I'm hearing a confident guy. I'm hearing somebody that yes, is, he looks forward to going to Sonoma. Are you kidding me? And Greg's yeah. going to give him a good car. I don't know, Taylor. I think I, I think you know. I, I listen. N- Nostradamus here might have Thanks. saw something back in 2013. <laughs>
2: Thankfully, I was there on Saturday with my family. Thanks to you, uh, we had a blast. <laughs> yeah. Wore my dirty mo radio hat. <laughs> wore my spy sunglasses as well. And and I'm telling you, if they weren't stuck in second gear, I know uh, our guy would have had a top. He, they would have had a top five qualifying effort. I really believe that on uh, on Saturday, and and really could have won the race on Sunday. It's hard to come from twentieth and win that thing. But uh, I'm with you on Sonoma, but I, I'm not with you yet on Watkins Glen. Not well, yet.
3: Well, Watkins Glen needs to get some attractions around that area to clearly make it worth his <laughs> yeah. while to go out and venture out apparently. That's, that's what that's, that's what we need to do. And I'm going to have to TJ's going to have to do something since that's his home state. Like you could you fancy it up a little bit, you yeah. know, make a kind of the Paloma I know. of the East. Or Belenoma, whatever I it's know. called. What is that but town? Petaluma? It? i got to tell you,
2: yeah. Petal- Petaluma <laughs> is the name of the town, and, and we, uh, my family and I uh, rode through there. And i got to tell you, I know that the, the uh, podcast is sponsored by Spy. We like to come up with creative sponsors just for our, our own enjoyment uh, for, the, uh, for the white flag. I'm going to go ahead and tell you, the white flag is sponsored by the Dolphin Inn in Carmel, California, because my man Ricky, who's the manager here, uh, set us up and let me uh, do the podcast from here today. This part of the country is <laughs> is, is jaw-dropping, and, and Junior's right. I mean, it, for those of you listening that have never come out to the Sonoma race, you need to do it. Uh, there's so much space. It's easy to get to in terms of camping, and, you know, it's 35 miles from San Francisco. That's what I mean by easy to get to. It's only 35 miles from San Francisco, and uh, there's so much to see out in this part of the country. So, so, wait, so uh, I'm with him on that.
3: You're at a place right now called Dolphin Inn. That's right? Yes. Look at you. Look yes. At the Dolphin Inn. Yeah. D- downloading from the I Dolphin am. Inn. I hear you. <laughs> <laughs>
2: uh, let's talk about this race, Mike. I want to hear some, uh, some race chatter here. Let's, let's go through some clips and, and dive into it. Junior did a phenomenal job of detailing uh, what that, his day was like on Sunday. But let's hear some race chatter, and let's hear what happened on uh, lap 21.
1: Good job, buddy. Drove all the way up to ninth place there. I feel like everybody uh, with us and behind us are going to come down for four tires and fuel here. So that's the game plan. We're only about two to three away already.
2: Yeah, and and Mike, uh, clearly uh, right there, uh, they they had some confidence after the first 20 uh, laps or so, and I guess um, motivated you to remember our friend that was uh, wearing his coon skin when he was on television in uh, central Florida.
3: Yeah, you noticed that. Uh, you know, I was watching Dale pass those cars. He went from 20th to the top 10 in 17 laps, which at a road course where they get strung out, Carter Johnson is the only person that could adequately describe what I was watching, <laughs> and that was getting it, digging it like Dale Jr., getting it hooked up. I mean, And and so I thought about that, and I went and I YouTubed it, and I screen grabbed it, and then every yeah. tweet I had for the next hour was, was better told by Carter. It just it was yeah. coon, you know, skin, this, hat and all. Junior was digging. It's what he, he was doing.
2: He was digging. He this is going to sound really sacrilegious. Um but I think from now on we should refer to uh, things that happened before Amanda was involved as PA. Oh yeah. Pre-Amanda. Pre-Amanda. Yeah. You know like like there's BC. <laughs> yeah, right, like BC and BC and there's yeah. there's yeah. Yeah, there's P there's PA, pre-Amanda. Amanda, I know that you shake your head a lot at TJ's commentary sometimes well, on this podcast. She's doing it right
3: now. She's doing it right now just so you know. M- <laughs>
2: Mike Davis invited Coonskin on this podcast multiple times in oh, year number one.:
3: did, did he ever join?: Oh yeah. Yeah, he did. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah, It's oh, yeah. it a couple of the funniest oh, interviews we've ever had. Was with that guy? It, they, uh,
2: I got to tell you, I mean, I've interviewed every dignitary in sports, and the first time we had him on was one of the most enjoyable interviews I've ever done. Now, after interview two, three, and four, he wanted some money from Mike, I think, and <laughs> we have not had him on since. <laughs> uh, but, <laughs> or a job? He wanted a job. Uh, he, actually. he was uh, absolutely yeah. He did want he did want to move to yeah the uh, Charlotte area and start working for Dale Jr. But um. Nevertheless, uh, funny stuff. Now, I don't know if it's funny. It, well, it's it's humorous in a way. When when something happens on Pit Road, Mike Davis's Twitter is going to explode. Mine is, too, but Mike certainly is. Let's hear some more race chatter here after losing three spots.
1: All right. And not too bad, guys. Not too bad. I think we Just a spot or two there. Uh, I don't know if I need to help you, Yep. Everything good on your part there. Just, uh... My front didn't come out as quick as we thought. I didn't know
2: if I come off the brake and it started spinning or something. Mike, uh, you, you take it from there, my friend, because you know that people are going nuts. Because, uh, it, it, you know, there have been some times this year they have lost spots on pit road and a lot of fans have been upset.
3: Well, hey, listen, I'm not even going to make it exclusive to fans. I mean, obviously, anytime you lose spots on pit road, it's it's a frustrating thing. And you get you get emotional <laughs> about stuff that happens on pit road. Now, What's interesting is we had Greg Ives in the studio earlier today. He's going to be on Fast Lane Family next week, right, Amanda? Next Wednesday. And Tiff Daniels asked him about pit road and about qualifying and how, Mm -hmm. you know, the fact that they're qualifying in the mid-teens to to the 20s, you know, how that affects their pit road selection, and it obviously hinders it. Pit road selection means a lot. There's a lot of things on why qualifying better – has to happen for this eighty-eight team if they're really going to contend and for a championship. Pit road selection is one of those reasons because where they're getting their pits, uh, their pit stalls, it's not really conducive to gaining spots. You know, they're not pitting where there's a good opening, and you know, they're pitting around other cars yeah. that uh, are competing on the same lap as them. And so, makes a big difference. Not this is not an excuse. It's simply a fact. They've got to qualify better because if they do. They'll get better pit stalls and if you get better pit stalls it's a lot more conducive and a lot more uh, uh there's a lot more opportunity to get faster pit stops
2: there's no question about it and that absolutely is true that doesn't defend you know some of the mistakes that have been made but there's no question um, if anything needs to improve it needs to start with qualifying yeah then yeah. it needs to get to pit road and- and, and and from there and there and there but it does need to start with qualifying there's absolutely No question about that. Let's hear these next uh, couple of clips here about being in the window.
1: The guys you are passing, other, you know, different cycles here, we are second in our cycle. We're going to have to come down, put four tires on fuel. We're in our window to make it the rest of the way. You're actually really fast, so that's why. Yeah, I saw us catching at 41. I'm surprised. I didn't know we were that good. One in front of us is in their window. There's probably about six of them in their window. There's probably about four to five of them that need a lot of cautions to uh, make it, but it, it's really close. On about five of them, so that leaves about seven that snuck on pit road where when it was good.
2: I don't know about you, Mike, but my calculator is always on fire on a on a race uh, like this on a on a road course. Uh, but they, those guys did a great job. It's kind of crazy though when you see the board and you see you're running second, then a se- then a few minutes later you're running 41st. <laughs> right. It's it's pretty wild. It can scare you, but uh, those guys did a great job of managing that race yesterday, making sure they were in the, making sure they pitted at the right time.
3: Well, you know, somebody tweeted me during the race and said, "Yeah, that race was a major snooze fest up into the last ten laps." And I just, I, I for the life of me, don't understand that because at road course races, the the first pit stop that you make absolutely affects your entire race as far as strategy goes. Or at least it, it, you hope it does. I mean, you know, whether you're going to do a two-stop race or, or a three-stop race and, you know, what's your strategy going to be? Do you catch one of those cautions? Do, can you, are you in a position on the track where you can dip onto pit road before they throw that yellow flag? Because that changes everything for you. So everybody mm-hmm. I saw had those little breaks throughout the day. And, you know, and then by the time yeah. you got to the end of the race, it is what it is. I mean, you know that one way or another you're going to have guys that stay out. You're going to have guys that don't. You're going to have guys that, uh, you know, take fuel. How many tires? Jimmy Johnson, I thought, was screwed no matter what he was going to do. Like that, like people were banging on mm-hmm. Chad Gnaus as he was the leader on that last caution. What are you going to do? You pit? I don't think you necessarily can give up the track position if you're leading the race. But then again, when everybody pits behind you, you are screwed. Yeah. So, you know, yeah, but, then again when you, but, but all these you know. things play into – I think road course races are, are just really entertaining, really entertaining.
2: I do, too. I really do, and I, I think Junior's right. I think we're really close to seeing one in the chase in, in the next couple of years. So I think that there's a lot of momentum for him. Uh, the the strategy certainly is a big factor. Just uh, the activity. Uh, people have gotten tired of all the mile-and-a-halves. So let's just be honest. Uh, Junior and and, the, and Hendrick Motorsports have been phenomenal. At mile and a half course, uh, mile and a half tracks here in the last uh, few years, but I think the the casual fan says, okay, I got too much of that. You know, yeah. I, I want to see something different. What? I want to see something different. And there's so much activity and so much competition for spots, especially on restarts. Uh, I think you're going to see a road course race in the chase here soon. And and just a, a thought on Jimmy. Uh, Jimmy has two more wins than anyone else, so Jimmy can do whatever he wants. Yeah, you know? I that's mean, a good Jimmy point. can you can be the most aggressive guy out there on the track. So it was a crazy day in uh, in Sonoma on Sunday, but um, a lot of fun and, and really enjoyed being there and seeing it up close and personal and qualifying on Saturday. One last thing i got to mention before we get into uh, reaction theater. This is not a shot at Kyle Busch. Kyle Busch is one of the best drivers in the sport, and I don't have a problem watching Kyle Busch win a race. I have a problem with Kyle Busch being eligible to make the chase when he missed 11 races. Whether it was NASCAR's fault, an act of God, whoever's fault it was. In every other sport, when you are injured and you miss time, you know what? So be it. Tough. Them the breaks. You know, the Cleveland Cavaliers with Kyrie Irving, I bet could have beaten the Golden State Warriors. But the NBA didn't say, you know what? Um, I, we, we think that if Kyrie was here, the, the Cavaliers would have won at least another game. So, you know what? We're going to say there is going to be a Game 7. You know, because Kyrie can't play. So we'll go ahead and make their a game seven si- since uh, Kyrie got hurt. I-, I just I don't like to project things in sports. Let it play out. And for better or for worse, uh, bad breaks, good breaks, let it play out. And the fact that Kyle Bush missed 11 races and is eligible for the chase is ridiculous. I know he's 136 points out of... 30th, but knowing Kyle Bush and the way he races the next 10 races, I think he's going to make up that ground. I do too. And he'll be in the top 30. If he wins the championship this year or has a chance to win the championship at the end of the year, by the way, he's always been awful in the championship. Like that's been the worst stretch of races he has every year or during the chase. But if he has a chance to win the championship and misses 11 races, that's absurd. And it's not a shot at Kyle. At all, I don't have anything against him, Mike. I just have a problem with anyone being eligible that missed 11 races, no matter whose fault it was.
3: Well, I did want to make a big deal of it because I knew how passionate you were on this point. I think I even tweeted about it. But honestly, Taylor, first of all, I'm with you. I think that he absolutely will make up that point deficit because he is that good. And the people that he's racing against back up there in 25th to 30th place are back there for a reason. And it wasn't because they missed 11 races. So I have a feeling he's going to do that right. because I just think he's that good. He is an incredible racer. I do too. I didn't necessarily have a strong opinion about them making uh, him eligible for the chase if he won a race and if he's in the top 30 in points. i just like, you know what, I, they, they felt accountable. Um, they didn't have a safer wall at that they, at that point at, the, at Daytona where he made that impact. I get it. But you know what, you bring up a good point, and I think you're convincing me, and here's why. If he does win a championship, I will absolutely have a problem with that. So it's like I'm okay with him getting in the chase because, yeah, they've – but you know what? I'm not taking into consideration if he's still Kyle Busch. He's an incredible racer. He could very well win the championship. (laughs) And then what? And I do feel like then – Oh my gosh, the credibility for our sport, you, you start naming, you, you, yeah, you write the rules as you go. All that stuff comes into play, and I don't like it when people take shots at our sport. I love our sport, but that would open up a can of worms that would be absolutely valid if it happens. And I know we don't like to you know, speak in hypotheticals and would have let it play out, but I'm just saying if he does win a championship, I would have a problem with that. So I, I'm, I'm, I'm starting to come around.
2: We are hitting the beach this weekend. And if any of you are heading to Daytona, you need your shades at the track at the beach in the bar, watching fireworks. You need a pair of happy lens. So go online to spy optic.com and check out all of Dale jr. Signature 88 styles, pick out your style, decide on the color and head to checkout where you can enter code nationwide 88 and get 20% off on the happy lens. Let's go to reaction theater.
1: I'm not a Kyle Busch fan. In fact, I call him Kaka, and I call his brother Kaka Bro. But here I am, watching him pass Jimmy Johnson, who I also can't stand, and I got tears in my eyes. And then I see his wife on TV, and I'm, like, sobbing, and I'm thinking, go Kyle! And then he pulls into victory lane, and I'm like, holy crap, like, Kaka just won the race, and I'm happy about it. <laughs> I just don't get it. It's, like, really, really weird. So, anyway, next weekend's Daytona, So... Dale's going to win his second race of the year. Junior Nation, Dale, yeah.
3: Did you get tears in your eyes, Taylor I when think, Ka- uh, <laughs> when Kakao pulled his no, no. No, I
2: didn't get I didn't get tears in my eyes uh at <laughs> all. I, I there was there was a little red in my eyes. I like got was you. uh I, I I did not get uh any tears in my eyes, but I do understand it's kind of funny. Um th- this is, you know, this guy was the bad boy of of NASCAR for a while. Dale Earnhardt was, for a long time, the bad boy of NASCAR, and then all of a sudden he was the most popular guy in NASCAR. I'm not forecasting that for Kyle Busch, but it's funny how, t- as time goes on, people's opinions change as they go through circumstances, they get married, they start having a family, and all of a sudden they become more relatable. Who's next?
1: First-time caller, but I am ticked off after that race. Tony Stewart wants to get out there and fuss and complain and cuss and fuss and fight everybody because they like the. To- Block him, but that's what he did the whole freaking time with Junior. And Junior's just that type guy, and it made it even worse with Daryl Walter up there in the control booth. He's scared of Tony Stewart. That's bull crap. He blocked, held off Junior until uh, Kurt Busch could get by and was waiting for Harvick to get by. Just completely venting here. Thanks, guys. Y'all do a great job on the show. Thank you so much. Bye.
2: You know, I, I know Junior uh, responded to a tweeter about that. Yep and now and maybe there's something DW said that, that that I missed. I the impression I got was DW was just saying he didn't want to he thought that Tony was in was better in certain turns than than uh, than Junior was. Um but I didn't I didn't get the sense that DW was questioning the motivation or or how scared he was or any of that. I just thought that it was good hard clean racing. Yeah, Stewart was blocking him. Stewarts in real trouble of of missing the chase this year. Obviously he's going to miss the chase. If he doesn't win a race, so uh, he's he's got to compete for every spot.
3: Well, it may not have been D.W. that said it. Everybody on Twitter was saying it. It was bothering me, and I just say, "Look, does anybody remember Richmond? Yeah. Anybody? Um, I, Dale Jr. is absolutely not scared. I, I really found value into what Dale did. I mean, how awesome is it to hear him explain in vivid detail about his race with Tony and Casey, for that matter? But I mean, you know, it's really good. Um, it was aggravating because there was Tony, and there was a big old long line of traffic waiting to get by and behind him. But uh, he has every right to race that way. All right, who's next?
1: Uh, I know there's going to be a lot of complaining about uh, Tony Stewart moving, not moving over. But uh, I mean, I wouldn't want Junior to move over in that situation. Uh, great race, great race. Uh, you know, we caught a caught a couple bad breaks. Seemed like there with the cautions, some of the cautions. But uh, I mean, the cars are great. Like the car, I mean, to come and run have one of the best cars at a road course like that's how you know the program's going in the right direction. Dale he's just doing so good. Life looking up. I it's, it's I've never been prouder to be a junior fan in my life. So uh, on to the next one and we'll get us a we'll get us a W here really short
2: I think I think he's right, the reaction theater caller, Mike. I think that uh, they are going to get a win, and, and I think Dale Jr. is right. I think uh, everybody's going to look back at this period of his life professionally and personally and say, wow, what an unbelievable time that was.
3: Yeah, I had a joke all teed up on Twitter. If, if Dale would have moved Tony out of the way, and by the way, I think the caller was wrong. I don't think anybody expected Tony to move out of the way. I think they were wanting Dale to move him on his own. Uh, But if he had, I had a real good proposal engagement tweet ready to go uh, if he had had wrecked Tony. But uh, he never did, so I never got to use it. (laughs) (laughs) We will wait for those
2: tweets in the future. Who's next?
1: Oh, Greg, Ives gave Ron Dale Boris Earnhardt Fellows Jr., a hell of a race car for that road course ringer this weekend. <laughs> Pussyfooting around Tony Stewart there at the end cost us too much time, I believe. Consecutive top ten finishes it for the road course ringer at Sonoma. Like old Mike said last year, I think we're going to go to Watkins Glen and win the damn race. There you. Yeah. That's right. There we go.
3: That's right. There we go. Yeah. Yes, sir. They
1: remember.
2: Little, uh, old Dale. Old Dale Boris said. Ron Fellows. Robbie Gordon. Earnhardt Jr. Yeah.
3: Hey, have you noticed how there's no ringers anymore like there used to be? I know. What's the deal with that? I don't know. Amanda, do you have an opinion on that? No. <laughs> no. <laughs>
2: She's not the best producer slash color commentator <laughs> in the business for, it, for nothing, folks. Who's that's next? It's a,
3: a great movie.
1: Man, I am just sick to my stomach right now, and it is not from the 11 beers that I drank. It's from Kyle Bush and Kurt Busch finishing one, two. Man, that is like a nightmare for Junior Nation. But you know what is it? Junior getting another top 10 at Sonoma, and finally popping the question to Amy. Congratulations, to you two. I wish you nothing but a lifetime of happiness, and hopefully a few more wins in a championship. Dale, yeah. Hashtag 11 beers.
2: Dale, yeah, and congratulations are certainly in order. And and I know we didn't mention this earlier, and I'll, I'll just say it here. I, the The thought that went into how he uh, decided to uh, propose and where he decided to propose is just, that's about one of the most special stories I've ever heard. I think all of us tried to make our moment with our uh, future bride very special, and that's that's at the very top. To go back eight generations with your family and fly to Germany to go into that little church, I mean, that's... That's really special. Very, very well done, Mike.
3: Yeah, it made me wish I had mine to do over again because uh, that uh, that kind of blew everybody's. Uh, any dude that ever took pride in how they proposed their wife, I think Dale Jr. just topped it.
2: I think he's he's got us all on that now. All right, one more.
1: Great race today. Sorry that Kyle Busch won. Can't stand it. But let me just say that Jr., you really should have wrecked smoke. I remember when you won at Michigan. He said, "Why do you think it is a national holiday just because Jr. won?" Well. Damn right it was. No respect for you anymore, ever, <laughs> Smoke. There yeah. are.
2: <laughs> Smoke's lost some fans. A lot of people, I feel like for a long time, uh, if they like Junior, they like Smoke. Uh, I don't know if that's the case right now.
3: I'm a little surprised that more people weren't talking about Kane because... Kane actually showed a little frustration after the checkered flag, did he not? He door-banged him if I, if I saw that correctly. And I was just, you know, a couple of guys having fun, maybe being a little upset uh, the, the way they were racing at the end. But that's a road course racing That that uh, that paperclip turn, that turn 11, man, the fact that nobody mm-hmm. had any wrecks there that day, I mean, <laughs> I was shocked. But, yeah, I'm, did anybody yeah, else me, call me in too. about Kane, Amanda?
1: No, nobody. I didn't hear any wow. complaints about him. I guess you just... Four compliments. That. If
3: you look
2: good, well, I guess they give you hey, a Hey, here's the thing, though. Here's the thing. Reaction Theater is open 24-7. So if you want to call and gripe about him right now, you can. That's right. All you have to do is call toll-free 1-855-740-1902 and leave us your voicemail message. We'll play the best each week right here on Dirty Mo' Radio.
0: Time now for It Takes a Nation, presented by Nationwide. Welcome
3: to Takes a Nation. I am here with somebody who just stopped by to pay his rent. I'm not even kidding, <laughs> Travis Peterson. I, I didn't even know you lived on Dirty Mo Acres. <laughs> I've lived there since I worked here. So you happen to be the engineer on the 88 Cup team. Uh, you used to work at Junior Motorsports last year. Won a championship, thank you, <laughs> Chase Elliott. But you went with Greg Ives over to the 88 Cup team.
4: I, I've got all this correct so far, right? It is correct. Don't say the engineer. There's a couple other ones that work with me. I, I know, but I don't do. I'm not the lead guy. So. Well, I didn't say you were the lead guy. See, okay, I, if, if if. if,
3: if if you were the man, I would say you were the lead engineer <laughs> of the 88 team. But oh, we I all know that sure. you are not that guy. I don't want you to get me mixed up with somebody that's important. Okay, so how many engineers does the 88 team have? Uh, we have three. Okay, so Kevin. Yep. Kevin
4: Mandarin. Kevin, myself, and Adam Wall. Adam wow.
3: Wall. Okay. What do
4: three engineers on a race team do to well, help the car go fast? Well, you know, going over there, I wasn't sure since I was the, the Xfinity side was a whole lot different. And uh, I was about the only guy for most of the year. We had another guy come on, uh, Ryan Schumann, who works here towards the end of the year and help out, which was great. So going over there, I was kind of surprised having three, how would he break up the workload. And it was basically just put a whole lot more focus on specific things. You break up all of them. You know, there's so much because the crew chief's role is a little different when you get to the cup side. They're more of a figure for the sport, more of a manager for everything. Um, Where me and Greg work more closely here on just specific setup stuff now. Um, myself and Kevin work closely on setups as well as with Adam, um, but we just break up all the different duties from keeping up with springs to keeping up with all the changes in our big database to running simulations to everything. And it's just, it's all broken up and we all spend more time on each specific task. Is it safe to say that since you're an engineer, you're smart? Are you a smart guy? My family's called me a nerd since. Are you a nerd? For a long time. Are you a nerd? I don't always want to claim nerd, but I I do well with computers and numbers, so I guess. (laughs) You're a nerd. I mean, I I, I don't know any other way. Those are the two big qualifiers. That's pretty much the way most people say it. Do you
3: remember when I met you?
4: I think I probably met you at that company Christmas party, like my third day of work.
3: Well, you might have, but that's not when I remember us meeting. Okay. Well, I'm sorry. I I remember us meeting because you were in a little bit of an accident.
4: Oh, yeah. (laughs)
3: <laughs> yeah, and so somebody yeah, and you wanted up, to do
4: a film on it or a video. Somebody came
3: to me. They said we've got a JRM 360 idea for you. You know, That's you could it. have
4: you could have had a whole gambling episode based on that because they all had bets on that. That was that was cruel.
3: They said uh, we've got this engineer. It was early in the year, wasn't it?
4: I missed Indie Weekend that year. Oh, well, it wasn't that early. So it was it's oh. way, I guess.
3: Well, we went a while without me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they said we got this uh, engineer and he broke his arm. You broke your arm, right? No thumb. Thumb. You broke your thumb because he was in a... I got uh, lucky. That's
4: all it was. It wasn't even a motorcycle, was it? No, it was.
3: Okay. So he was
4: sort of like... What, are you going to make me on a moped now for this story? <laughs> I thought it was a scooter. I did mean, I dodged a bear. I I remember that. Uh,
3: he was sort of... <laughs> like The way I heard it, he was sort of like showing off to some girl that was out there in front. And and if this gets you in trouble, <laughs> we just won't play it. I'm, <laughs> I'm really just talking to Amanda at this point. There was there was a lot of stories. <laughs> there was a lot of stories, but the one I heard, I I, I stick with. And he was kind of like, there was a girl involved... Who worked up the road, and he sit, and then he wrecked. He crashed his his motorcycle. Right. Well, in front there of him. is a
4: little bit of truth to that. There man. was absolutely nobody on the road when I wrecked. Just to set that record straight. What was the real story? Well, okay. So the real story was uh, I was just driving to work. We had uh, we been down at Hendrick working on some test rigs down there, and I went back, and I, I literally instead of just coming back to work, I was like, I'm gonna get my bike because it's a nice day. Just stop at the house because I only live like eight minutes from here. So yep. I'm here paying rent. That's right. And uh, got my bike, rode into work, and I wrecked on my way to work in the business park. Um, I had no idea what I hit at the time. Um, I just was coming around the curb up here on the street, and the rear tire washed out from behind me, and around a curve, by the time I saved, I hit the curb and flipped. I okay, told so the motorcycle. It was, it was terrible. Where does the girl come in? Was that all fabricated? No. Well, part of it was real. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually a funny story. So I get, I come to, and I'm I'm sitting on the curb at the time, like I, I guess i I remember hitting the curb and standing up because I'm like, this is going to hurt, right? And next thing I know, I'm sitting on the curb. I don't have one of my shoes on. I'm holding my hand. I, my helmet's off. I'm just sitting on the curb. Don't know what's going on. And and a girl pulls up in a car. And, uh, no, somebody from – no, so this is funny in itself. So Wade is one of the first people to the scene. Drives by, pulls his car back around, talking to me out his window. Doesn't even get the car. He's like, hey, man, what happened? And I tell him I wrecked. I don't know what's up. And he's like, all right, well, I'm going to call Ace because i got to take my dog to the vet, so i got to go home. <laughs> Leaves me on the side of the road sitting there, you know, holding my thumb. It's the size of the softballs. And, uh, oh, my gosh. And so Ace comes and gets me. Well, before Ace gets there, some girl drives by, sees the same thing, comes back. Oh, my gosh, are you okay? Yeah, yeah, I'm fine. A guy's coming to get me. I'm just going to go to work. i got to go to work. i got stuff to get done. I'm I guess it was still adrenaline. I didn't feel the pain. I didn't really look at my thumb to notice how big it was. Um, so she's like, oh, do you need anything? need Tylenol, Coke, anything? She's real, real friendly. And uh, I said, no, no, I'm fine. I just, just got to get to work. Thank you, though. So I hop in the car with Ace, and he's like, no, no we're taking you to the hospital, man. <laughs> okay, well, I come back to work that night because they leave for Indy the next day to drop off the stuff I had in my backpack they needed. And uh, I come in, and there is, I think it was like a little sticky note note, and Tynal and Coke sit on my desk. I guess she actually went to the store, bought it for me, brought it back, and left it on my desk. So that's right. You, so then I, they, made a big, they made a big deal. They said no, I was on No, true or else. false, you're sitting there on the curb, and you gave her your number. No, I did not give her my number. That's she the story her, I heard. She left her number on the There was an exchange note. of numbers. She left her number on the sticky note at, when she left the stuff at my desk when I was in the hospital. Did you go back by that? Have you, have you call, Did you call her? I, I didn't really know what to do with it, because I was like, this is weird, I met her in Iraq, wreck, and um, I talked to her a little bit, <laughs> like, her just texting, but we never ended up doing it, never went out on a date. I huh? kind of felt like I owed her dinner just because she was so nice, but.
3: Yeah, well, just, you could always, you know, wreck your bike
4: again. and uh, <laughs> Yeah, meet another girl. Use it as a pickup line. <laughs> hey, yo, my thumb's broke. You'll, you know, you always joke. They always wanted me to have, like, the bar story about something cool I was doing. to Like, all right, I wrecked my motorcycle. Yeah. So saving that, a kitty from a tree or something. But there uh, was a lot. Now of that I've heard the
3: real story, there were definitely uh, multiple versions. I, I know this. Whatever the story I heard first, and it, and, and it was a little different than that, I was like, I don't even think we can do a Jerem 360 on this. First of all, the guy, like, he literally is hurt. I mean, he <laughs> broke his thumb.
4: <laughs> I know, it's I Miss Indy Weekend.
3: Right, and so i we're, we're pretty uh, low class, and, and we don't have a whole lot of standards that we go by, but I don't like to
4: laugh at somebody when they've been hurt. Oh, you, you wouldn't have been the only one. Man, you could have done a whole episode. It was funny. They literally well, I made have... bets on when, how many miles I'd have on the bike because it was brand new when I bought it. Oh, really? I bought it at the beginning of the year brand new. Um, I had been riding for a while before that, um, but I never had owned my own bike. You know, it was a job out of college. I was like, oh, I'm going to go buy a motorcycle, right? Bought a brand new offshore in Florida, floor, and they said, all right, we're going to take bets on when something happens to it, how many miles you reach. And uh, Pemberton walks into the hospital room, makes sure I'm okay, and goes, by the way, I think I won the bet. <laughs> we looked at the odometer on the bike before. <laughs> I'm like, y- you got to be kidding me. You're not uh. – gosh, I hope you're a better engineer than you are a motorcycle rider. Yeah, I don't know, man. I've ridden on two wheels a lot in my life, and I actually uh, – I have a matching scar on my right knee from that wreck to match the one I got on my left knee on a dirt bike. I could just see this conversation in the lounge of the 88, and it's like,
3: uh, you know, Travis here talks to Dale and Gray. I think y'all need to run these shocks here, this, this stuff. And they're like, yeah, but you're still the guy that wrecked his motorcycle with nobody around. What yeah. do you know?
4: Yeah, no. It, it comes. It actually came up this weekend. for. I have no idea why. We were talking about motorcycles on the way to the plane and. Well, you can I don't still, know what happened. They, they but talk you can still it. say,
3: yeah, and I still got her number.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I'm going to use that one. You know. <laughs> and I still got her know. number. <laughs>
3: uh, oh, well. Well, dude, I appreciate you stopping by and paying your rent. Um,
4: I'm sure everybody, uh, uh, I'm sure Brenda appreciates pretty, that. Yeah. yeah. She wasn't here. Well, I was, I, so She must be at lunch yet or something. You're still living at Dirty Mo Acres all, after all this time. I mean. Um, I like it out there, man. It's Do nice. You? I like the the neighbors are fun out there. It's good environment and. You know, and I get to walk home after our win parties. Everybody else has to figure out how to drive home. Or That's Uber a good point. Yeah, I get to just, you know, stumble down the hill. It's great. And now I know where I can stumble down. Yeah, I got to pull out cash. There you <laughs> go.
3: <laughs> Thank you, Travis, for uh, stopping by here. And uh, we'll have you back some more. Hey, you pay rent once a month, I'm assuming. <laughs> yeah, we're so, uh, regular. Yeah. We can just count on Travis. <laughs> and Plus, it's good to always have uh, members of the Nationwide 88 team on this podcast and folks speaking of Nationwide 88 a few weeks ago Nationwide launched a new video series that features Dale Jr and Kelly, a couple other people, Amy Ryan, Greg Ive, JR Rhodes. Uh if you haven't seen these videos, you need to check them out on Nationwide's Facebook and Twitter pages, both of them are Nationwide 88. Now, listen, These videos are really, really good. I've been saying it for weeks. I just, I really think they're awesome. So uh, you'll get to hear about Victory Lane celebrations, fantasy football, how Dale got into racing. You'll get to hear from Junior Nation, which is always fun for me. And you'll get to see some classic pictures of Dale growing up. This is all in this video series. So go check them out every Tuesday for the next nine weeks. If you missed the first few, you can go to Nationwide88 on Facebook and Twitter. Get, Get caught up. It's worth your while. And just remember this nationwide is on your side
4: i'm tiff daniels and here's what's coming up this week on dirty mo radio on wednesday kelly will be joined in the studio by amy ryman to talk about their trip to germany and the big engagement so you won't want to miss this episode of fast Lane family presented by wella professionals Continuing with our German theme, on Thursday, Junior Motorsports Upfront presented by Dale's Pale Ale Returns with IT Director and Tour Guide Martin Friedrich, who will join Regan Smith and Heath White in the studio. And don't forget, you can catch all of Junior's at-track press conferences on Said Junior presented by Nationwide. Dirty Mo' Radio podcasts are available free of charge 24-7 on DaleJr.com, iTunes, and all major podcasting outlets.
3: Let's throw the white flag.
4: White flag right there.
3: White flag. All right. Well, Junior is in New York today doing a round of media to promote the patriotic scheme on his nationwide Chevy. And NBC's return to NASCAR this weekend at Daytona. As a matter of fact, Steve Latart will be coming back with him. They're going to actually do an interview at the old western town on Dirty Mo Acres uh, this afternoon. So that will be something to look forward to. Uh, tomorrow. Really cool. Yeah. Dale will be doing a satellite media tour with our friends from Hellman's to promote the new squeeze bottle. Taylor, just, you know, I know how you like to squeeze that mayonnaise out. They got a new new bottle just in time for the 4th of July weekend. He is scheduled to be on Sirius XM NASCAR radio Wednesday morning at nine ten a.m. There's your little plug. It's it's not on your, your channel, Taylor, but it's on the uh, NASCAR radio. Uh, so one big family over there. And he'll be talking to ESPN Sports Center. Be sure to tune in Wednesday because that interview will be airing at some point during the day. On Thursday, Junior will be riding shotgun in the number eighty eight hauler on the drive to Daytona. Did you hear that? He's riding in the hauler to Daytona. Yeah, Jeff Gordon, Jimmy Johnson, Kyle Bush, Kurt Bush. I don't know anybody riding their haulers to the racetrack, but Dale is, if you see that him headed, really cool. That's right. If you see him southbound Thursday, be sure to give him a wave or a honk or I don't know, door bang him. I don't know. Don't do that actually. Just be careful. <laughs> you no,
2: know, don't do don't, yeah. don't door bang the hauler. No, that's right. don't
3: door bang the hauler. Uh, so you're gonna hurt
2: yourself a lot more than you're right. gonna hurt them, by the way, if you try to door bang the hauler.
3: <laughs> so listen, on Friday back to work with a pair of practice sessions. Both will be televised on NBC Sports Network. Saturday qualifies at four thirty five PM Eastern time on NBC Sports Network. Sunday the race is at seven forty five PM on NBC Latarte's first broadcast. I told Latarte uh, today when I was texting him, I yeah. said, you know what, I'm going to critique you every week, so uh, you better bring your A game to that because the Junior Nation, that they will absolutely give you uh, their opinion, and and so they should uh, now that you're up at the booth. So hopefully we have a strong car uh, this weekend, <laughs> yeah. and uh, maybe we can actually uh, do better than third. I, I got to tell
2: you, I'm excited about the NBC broadcast. I think they're going to be terrific. I think Latart's going to be phenomenal, uh, Burton, uh, Dale Jarrett is, is going to be great. Uh, Chris Devota, that team, Ricky, uh, doing the, uh, the play-by-play. They're, I think that's going to be a really good team on NBC, so I'm excited to watch the old firecracker this weekend. Again, white flag brought to you by the Dolphin Inn <laughs> in Carmel, California. My man Ricky, a manager, helping us out today. Really, really appreciate him uh, very much, and appreciate you guys putting up with me here on the road. I'll be back in the – Studio with uh, Amanda and Mike next week. I'm excited about that. And hopefully we talk about another win at Dale Tona. Dale Tona. For Dale Jr., for Mike Davis, for Amanda, I'm Taylor. This has been the Dale Jr. Download presented by Spy.
0: Thanks for listening to Dirty Mo' Radio.
3: Hey, Amanda, guess what? What? I got a tweet from a guy named Jody Walker, at Walker 162 He tweeted me last night and said that he picked up a fresh set of Dirty Mo's, uh the Dell Jr. 88 collection. Uh, he even tweeted a picture. See that? Oh, of the box, yeah. Yeah. I love it when people tweet uh, and, and send us pictures of their new Dirty Mose. Do you ever get this? I think you get it more than I do. Well, I'll tell you what. you <laughs> got to keep those coming. If you buy Dirty Mose, and I hopefully Jody... Uh, use Nationwide88 as his uh, discount code because you get, what What do you get off? You get off? 20% off. I mean, come you on. You don't now. want to miss that deal. You don't want to miss that deal. 20% off. You just don't get that kind of deal. So, yeah, Jody Walker, thank you for uh, sending us your uh, pictures of your new Dirty moes. Fans, keep it coming. Don't forget to use Nationwide88 as your discount. It's at spyoptic.com.